Welcome to another great episode of Sports Matters. I'm your host, Kevin Drake, and sitting across from me, your other great host, Mr. Matt Burt Sports. How you doing this morning? I can't complain. On hold, our very special guest, Brian Ward, is on hold. He's an amazing individual, knows so much about football. He was at the Pro Bowl, guest of Eric Weddle. i like to make a warm welcome to Mr. Brian Ward and his son, Charles Wood. Welcome to the show. <laughs> How you I'm doing, back, Brian? Thanks for having me. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Charles is eating right now. He's busy. He's busy right now, so you're smart. Like, okay, good. I got a 30-minute window. Oh, time, time everything out, you know. Hey, how was the Pro Bowl? How was the weather down there when you were there? It was amazing. I was there, what time? I got there Thursday morning, and it was a little rainy, but um, it was still beautiful until Sunday, and then the storm hit, of course. When you're going to be outdoors the most is when the most rain comes. I think they timed that perfectly. I think the last couple of years, too, it did the same thing. It's beautiful until the game, and then disaster east coast man let me tell you yes it still baffles me that they moved it from hawaii that was such like a cool venue and it's 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 a money thing matt it's extremely expensive to to truck everyone out there to hawaii and i mean you, you can imagine i mean i mean the company makes a ton of money and they're just being cheap. It just is what it is. The company is a how much corporate money corporate. does Goodell forty four million dollars a year? Yeah, yeah. They can't have yeah. a Pro Bowl in Hawaii. It's not enough. You know? It's not enough. It's not enough. Why mess with tradition? That's one thing I respect about tennis. They don't mess with tradition. Yeah. Any good little inside stories when you're down there at the Pro Bowl? Because uh, I know you have a little something, something about when the Chargers played the Patriots. <laughs> oh gosh, uh, there's there's a couple of stories. But first, I want to say I just. It's cool to see all the all the players and uh, re- respect and and how much love they have for for my buddy Eric and and all the the camaraderie that goes within the players and it's not always like a rivalry between everybody. Everyone gets together and has fun. It's all about vacation and relaxing. And well, except for the NFC side, it, I was hearing that they were practicing pretty hard and that paid off really well. It looked like, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, uh, but. Yes, I do have a couple stories. Eric was telling me that when when they were practicing, um, they were just lining up in a in a couple different defenses, and he was asking like, "Well, can we not show what we're doing? Can we just like move around?" And he was saying that the other safety from the Chargers was like, "Well, coach just tells us to line up and go, and that's just good enough." And <laughs> Eric turns into the DB coach and just like, "Is this how you guys how you guys play? You guys you just line up and play?" I was like, "Oh, that worked really well against the Patriots. That was a really good game plan." <laughs> he just called like, the oh. defensive backs coach out right there. Just right there, right yeah. in front of Gus Bradley. He didn't say anything. I mean, what are you, you going to say to a 12-year vet who is right and and you just gave up 50 points to the couple weeks before running the same defense you ran against Lamar Jackson? And especially Tom Brady, that was real smart. And especially he has such a high football IQ. I mean, he could easily be a successful defensive backs coach, defensive coordinator, yeah. whatever he wants he, to he do. Yeah. He wasn't asking for much. He's like, can we just like, can I stand here and then move here by the snap? Like, that's not a lot to ask. Well, we're not. I know you guys trying to. We're not forgetting that it was his former team. The uh, yeah. yeah. So it's like, it's, there's a little Maybe bit. Maybe had a little something to do with it. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> but it's true. When you Matt, s- still talk about you know, schematics, he's right. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Just pretty much he was jabbing at him for pretty much running the same defense uh, against Lamar Jackson as Tom Brady. It's just how smart they are. You just have to jab at their intelligence, which is lack thereof. But there's three in the AFC Divisional game. Who knew? It's crazy. NFL is crazy. No, it really is. It seemed like the game was a lot of fun. I mean, that was like the first day I was back to work, and I just saw, oh, the Pro Bowl's on. I said, oh, no, Brian's there. I was trying to look for you on TV, but I just had a hard yeah. time just, like, uh, remembering where I'm at. I was cover half the time, and it, it was uh, – rain is different out there. I don't know how to explain it, but it comes down a lot harder and faster in every direction and pause and, uh, yeah, all that crazy. Right, and the, and the weird fun. thing is about Florida is like 
after that happens, and then if, when the sun comes out, it dries up immediately. Immediately. I think it stopped raining after the game, too. Who knew? Yeah, but a good game, though. Know? I mean, they, the AFC obviously got the bigger paycheck. I don't know what it, the difference is. I know it's double the amount what the loser gets. Yeah, I mean, they, the, most of the fun happens before the game and after the game. They're just, True. It's it's more for the fans who, who go out there, like all the practices. And um, Eric, Eric's probably him and Von Miller were, were the last ones out there, you know, signing autographs. They were an hour after practice. And that's what it's all about. It's all about the fans. Yeah. And, it's the game is you know cool for the for the kids and stuff like that. Obviously, you always hear people complaining about it, but those people complaining are watching it. So <laughs> it's just so cool. You know, you think about it, you know, as a kid growing up, being a big fan of the game, and then here you are. You got you got an autograph from Mr. Von Miller and Eric Weddle, two men that you yeah. idolize that are just been nothing yeah. but class act to the sport. You know, sacrifice their bodies, their time, their life to the sport. It's pretty amazing. Oh, yeah. Well, I think it is. any athlete that spends time after and gives autographs because knowing. Me growing up, I was the kid that was like, oh, my gosh, that's it. He's signing footballs. No way. I'm running over there <laughs> trying to elbow people out of the way. Like, try to get oh, my God. And by the way, kids, kids are ruthless, by the way. D Ford was running. Uh, he was, like, standing a few feet from the fence where all the fans are. And, and he was and people were some Kansas City fans were, like, trying to call, like, him over there. And he just like ran off the locker room, and some kid was like, "See, that's why the Patriots are in the Super Bowl." And like, and like the whole crowd started laughing, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, oh, that's terrible. Kids, kids say the darndest yeah. things, of course. Oh, these kids, I tell you. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm like, oh my. You show a little respect, a little kindness, boy, it goes a long ways. Well, he believe me, he shouldn't have jumped offside. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and then they went up and put Super his Bowl. hand down and was just standing there. He was offside, like yeah. just lined up offside. Yeah, he the worst. Kid, the I think kid, that's worse than jumping offside. Yeah, he's got a point. The kid's got a point, though. You know. <laughs> yeah, of course. We had you on a few times. We had you on the beginning year. We had our Super Bowl picks. Obviously, the Patriots made it, and then mm-hmm. we had you on midway through the year talking about football. And now, as promised from the that previous shows, to have you on your final thoughts on the football season itself, and then of course the Super Bowl. Mm, football season itself, it's actually kind of funny. It's kind of coincides with the Super Bowl. Just all the scoring that was going on in the. Uh, at the beginning of the year and all the shootouts that were happening. I mean, you saw the, the Chiefs. All the flags are being thrown. Yeah, that's true. That, that kind of, oh, no, the flags they got thrown in the lack thereof, right? But uh, it was, what, 55 points, 55 to 52, and the chart, remember the charters, or was just a bunch of teams getting in shootouts and stuff like that, and it's just funny the Super Bowl ended up being 13 to 3 with, with one of the highest scoring offenses ever and one of the, the geniuses that on, <clears throat> on offensive coordinator and Gurley and all that, and they scored three points, and I just think that's that's funny how that works out, and and I enjoy it. I love defense, and I I, I don't like seeing hundred point total games. It's just it's just such bad defense, and it, it, I don't know. I I just don't like. I don't think that's good football. But well, uh, cover, three. I love that. Yeah. I'll tell you that. You know, coming from a true defensive player like yourself, I mean, heck, you play in the backfield with Eric Weddle, so obviously you take pride in your <laughs> I defense. Tried. I tried. To so play, this yeah. this was a great game, but no one ever thought, just the way this season started with all the PIs being thrown early in the season, then it kind of like tailed yeah. off, and then just, I don't know what happened in the playoffs, that the officials were just afraid to throw the flags, didn't want to, but you got to throw flags when it's an obvious call. But uh, aside from that, we're not really, you know, disputing what happened. What happened, happened. But yeah. the fact that the Super Bowl was the lowest scoring Super Bowl ever in Super Bowl yeah. history. I mean, you, know, you think about mm-hmm. the way the game was played, and, you know, Super Bowls 1 through 10, you know, it was more of a mm-hmm. – it was all about the powerful defenses. And mm-hmm. and run, running the ball, too. I mean, everyone's, everyone's in the air, and, and it's funny, it still comes down to running the football and playing defense. I mean, I bet 
Jared Goff would have loved to have more than 50 yards rushing in the, in the Super Bowl. I think that would have helped him out a little bit. So, Absolutely. The, the Saints, too. The Saints, towards the end of the season, they couldn't run the ball anymore. And, 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 and if you look at it, if you force the Saints just to throw the football, it's just Michael Thomas out there, and you, and you can't split out Alvin Kamara as a receiver. He comes out of the backfield, and you saw what the Rams were doing him, the Eagles are doing him. Every time he crossed the line of scrimmage, he got hit. So it's pretty much just Michael Thomas out there. And, and if you can't run the football, you need to run the football. See yeah. how the Patriots run their yeah. offense and things on the run game. It, it, right. No matter how, how how good the quarterback is, he needs a run game. And that's that's just the way it is. Right. And if you can't run the football, Matt even said New Orleans needed more help, right? Remember that? It was just oh. Michael Thomas. Like, Matt even said that. How many times did you say that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, cool. like, from the wide receiver's perspective, they definitely needed help. But in that game, they kind of got robbed. I, I mean, they did at the end. Yeah. But that shouldn't be an excuse as to why the Rams went to the Super Bowl and I don't think you know the Saints would have had this miraculously different outcome than the Rams would have um, Definitely not. To, to be honest with you I mean the, the Patriots are leagues smarter than everyone else and the whole story about how they ran the same defense between Lamar Jackson and Tom Brady kind of speaks volumes to how well right? the Patriots <laughs> We're have just done. line up and play and be better than you I'm like yeah that's gonna work out real well and that just kind of like it baffles me because the, I think the Rams played really well on defense against the Patriots. They played as well as they could have, but the offense just couldn't get going. You have this prolific offense. Everyone was talking about this Rams offense, and they just couldn't get going. I think they did the right game plan. They doubled Gronkowski, which allowed Julian Edelman to get open. And then the one time they decide to shade coverage <laughs> over towards Julian Edelman, Gronk gets the long ball and gets the one-yard line. It's like they played the right kind oh. of schematically. They played everything yeah. correct. You so, definitely but, cannot blame the defense. But, Brian, no. you know, just review with our listeners, you know, the, the scheme that the Patriots win. It was 3-3. They scrapped their uh, uh, offensive game plan. Yeah. And what personnel did they have on the field? They – it's funny because remember I, I told you that obviously I overheard this on the NFL Network. They were just giving props to Josh McDaniels for just thinking this up and like, well, I hope this works because nothing else is working. They just they came out with two running backs, two tight ends, and just Julian Edelman. And instead of running like you know pro set at I backs and and just run the football, they they went empty. They went five wide receiver, you know, five five out, and they had Burkhead and James Devlin in the game, which was I mean, if you're gonna throw the ball, you probably would want like you know James White and maybe another pass catching back, but True. They, that's just how they trick you. So when you, when you see Burkhead and Devlin in the game, the tailback and the fullback, you're going to put your, you know, your big personnel out there expecting the run. And when they spread him out, <clears throat> this is the sequence that Matt was uh, alluding to. Uh, they ran the same, the same route combinations three, in a row, three times in a row. And the first time, they, like he said, he doubled Gronk, and Julian was in the middle by himself against a linebacker. And they're like, well, we're not doing that again. Then they doubled Edelman, just like he said. Then they threw a little hitch to, to Burkhead, and uh, Peters had to come tackle that. And they're like, well, we don't want to give that up anymore. And then they gave up Gronk and that big play, and that was Tom's best throw of the game. And that was ultimately the winning touchdown, and that's all it took. And I know it's hard enough to just draw plays up in the dirt, but just to go out in the biggest game on the biggest stage and execute it perfectly is crazy without even practicing it. Is, that's, that's the more miraculous part, I, I feel. And, you know, and that's where the wisdom comes in. The, the experience, you know, yes. at that time, five-time Super Bowl champ, now six-time Super Bowl champ. This is just unprecedented. I mean, we're all witnesses in our time. It's pretty cool. I mean, you have to – I mean, obviously, Matt and I, we totally root for the Rams, obviously, but um, but I don't think it's the end of the world for the Rams. Yeah, it stings, but hopefully they take this pain that's buried deep down inside 
and yeah. use that as the fuel to get him through this next this season. This is uh, McVay's second year, right? Right. It was just his second yeah, season. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be fine, and, and, yeah. and I'm sure he learned a lot. Uh, maybe next time, because they, they were in uh, one one back, one receiver, and or uh, one back, one tight end, three receivers most of the game, mm-hmm. and they couldn't get a running game going. And maybe I'm, I'm thinking that they just dedicated more to the run and and stop right. when they spread it out like they they invite more pressure and if they stayed like a like just a bigger package i think they would protect the golf i agree yeah. i agree i mean they didn't really get Todd Gurley in a rhythm until the fourth quarter like they they didn't give him consistent carries i, I and i know that going into this game i guess there was some sort of knee issues but everyone has been squashing that the entire week no he's 100% if he was 100% he'd get 100% more touches than CJ Anderson like in that my opinion, so it was that, so how weird that how that played I mean, down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just don't understand how there is obviously something wrong with him, but it's not on the injury report. Like, it, why are you trying to keep it a secret? It's okay if he's hurt. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know, but it, at the end, he started to get the the rhythm, like the the talk yeah. early rhythm where he's he's busting off like five yard runs, right. and then they they finally get some sort of downfield play, and then Jared Goff throws a duck, and they turn over the ball, and the game's over. It's like they didn't well, get that momentum going until the end of the fourth. Really, yeah, they, and and it's funny you you watch you watch the game, and the Patriots were playing what ninety percent man coverage, and every time the Rams got going and they got near near the red zone or even close. They did like a, just a little wrinkle that threw that threw uh, Goff off. Obviously, the pick where the, that was the only time they they brought all out pressure. It was one time during the whole game, and then the other time uh, they switched it up and tricked him was uh, that Brandon Cooks threw up in the back of the end zone where it was all late and he was by himself. They ran that play action play where he he turns his back and then he has to turn around and the and the defense has changed on him so he hesitated and then he found him and he threw it and it, and it was too late. And it was yeah. Just, he threw it too late. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, McCourty made an excellent play. Let's not let's not let's get oh, some no, credit no, where credit is. And he, he, he came made from the other side of the field. Play. The, 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 both safeties blew their coverage, and he came from the uh, and the other McCourty. That's his brother that plays yeah. the right side corner or you know the offensive right side corner. Um, made a crazy play in the middle of the field. He had no business being there, but you saw him. He's like, we mm, probably should run over there to that open guy waving his hand. Yeah, I mean that that could have played out in so many different ways, but I think McCourty is the one that needs to be sung from the rooftops because he saved that play by coming over uh, literally covering uh, so much ground. I mean, so I, much ground. I don't think it was Jared Goff read it, and I think he, I think the stat that I heard was that he was the slowest quarterback in the NFL from snap to release. Uh, Jared Goff is, and it, it, I mean, it saw in the game, but going forward, the Rams have to do a few things. They have to keep the core intact, which they've already started doing. They I think will. They, they need to start drafting offensive line because look at what look at how New England drafts. They draft new defensive and offensive linemen. They they draft. They don't draft, smart players. Well, they draft smart players, yeah. yeah but they draft the, the guys that are like core elements to a team. It's like linemen and linebackers. If it starts with line, you can guarantee that the Patriots are drafting them. And then they'll draft uh, Sonny Michelle was so random, yeah. like you never see that kind Brian, of Brian, could you imagine if Eric Weddle was on the Patriots defense? <laughs> they would have Rams would have scored minus three points somehow. Yeah, it would have been an undefeated season. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but that honestly, yeah. it's kind of an in, interesting fit because they they don't move very much. They're pretty basic. Uh, I I can't see Eric playing in like a like a basic defense. I mean, he would excel in anything, but it would just be different for him. And uh, you, you see all the move the Ravens defense to the Patriots defense. Obviously, they're both really good, but they're completely different defenses, and it's yeah. and it's funny how that is. And 
I, I hope that uh, that Eric plays again, but uh, I, I miss watching that uh, the defense, yeah. how, he, how he runs it and gets the calls in. And uh, Kevin, I'll send you a soundbite after this. And okay. All the work he does pre-snap, and, it, and it's insane. It's more than a quarterback because he has to tell everyone what to do, and you can't do that as a quarter. You can't walk out there and tell them what to no, do. There's a lot Eric, of action every, going on. You're every right. Every play on defense, he has to do it and, and still do his own job at a high level. Is, it's, it's crazy. And I still don't know how he does it. It's, that's amazing just to sit there on the sidelines and actually witness that. That, that is just really cool. And you know, we kind of see it where you're always focused on the offense when they're lined up, but you see, like, there's always that one guy on the defensive side talking to everybody, telling mm-hmm. them where you need to be, this is what you need to do, and, and what mm-hmm. have you. Hey, to shift gears real quick, have you, any of you or Matt, have you checked out the Alliance American football on Saturday night? It had an opening night. No, I didn't. I didn't watch. I ended up watching it, but, um, I did hear that they got rid of kicking. Yes, yeah, so here, I got it right here. No extra points. They have to go for two. No kickoffs. Each team starts on the 25-yard line. The onside kick is gone. And now what they do is if you decide to do an onside kick, you get the ball on your own 28-yard line, and it's fourth and 12. You have one chance to get 12 yards to get the first down. And the play clock, they eliminated to 30 seconds. And the commercials are 60% less. Obviously, it's a new league, so you want to draw interest, so you don't want to have as many commercials. And then overtime, each team gets the ball on the 10-yard line. You have to – no field goals. You have to kick – you have to go a, get a touchdown and a two-point conversion. There are field goals in the game. But that's the only kicking there is. Field yeah, goal no extra points, no kickoffs. Right. Faster game. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. And you see who's running the running the league, all the, all the big names and – they're Bill not going to put a bad product on the field. Yeah, Bill yeah, Polian. Bill Polian. I saw Jared Allen, Troy Polamalu, Justin Tuck. There's some big names that have Jared know, Allen. Man, I wonder what happened to him. So yeah, oh, yeah now he, you know, find out. The rhinestone <laughs> Cowboy. <laughs> you talk about another smart defensive end, man. He was yeah. he was a beast. I, mm-hmm. And I know that I think I, the coaching's pretty good as well, right? That, that's, I was actually going to say that I actually saw like like a few minutes on Saturday night when I got home. Um, it was Mike Martz coaching the San Diego whatevers they are. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, I don't know the cool teams they either. Have them, they have them all mic'd up so you can hear after the plays and stuff like that the, the quarterback and coach exchange and what the coach says. And, Steve Spurrier and, is a coach. Yeah, Is he really? Yeah. yeah. He's wow. co- he actually won as a debut game. That he was making a joke about it because he's 6-0 and with first teams. Very first time he, whatever it is, he, he's in the NFL, he's in college, or whatever. When he starts with a new team, he's 6-0. and That's a pretty interesting stat for Coach Steve wow. Spurrier. I still remember him with the visors back in the day down there in Florida. <laughs> he, he's not wearing his visor anymore? I, oh, I'm sure. He probably does. That's his patent yeah, thing, like, man. Thing. I remember that in South Carolina. He was wearing yeah. his visor. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Um, with, with new leagues like that, uh, it's it's pretty much on the, on the quarter, quarterback play to make it like – a pretty decent game, but they kind of made it quarterback friendly. You can't really, you can't blitz more than five people, and you can't blitz from the nickel. If someone's outside the tackle box two yards, they can't blitz. So it's it, they make it uh, like playable for not great quarterbacks. I, I want to say, and I think Mike Martz was talking to his his quarterback, and he was saying like like you got to play better. We're pulling you out there with these good coaches. They're not going to tolerate just terrible quarterback play. And, and the other quarterback was actually pretty decent. He was actually hitting his open receivers, which is – it looks easy, but it, it definitely is not obviously. There's only a handful of good quarterbacks in the NFL, so you can imagine how quarterback play would be in, a, in another league. Right, and I think they did it right, too, by keeping it small, having just eight teams. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and this kind of reminds me of uh, – I don't know if you remember the USFL. It was a pretty 
successful league for for mm-hmm. several years because they they also have some big names in there like Jim Kelly and Herschel Walker and you know a lot of big names. Yes, you know at the time and Steve Young was in no was he? Yes, yeah, Steve I'm Young in. first started in I. I don't want to be wrong, but is it the XFL? No, it was you, uh, it had, it had the USFL. Had it been the USFL? He was the highest yeah. played. Right. Yeah, he was the highest played. Yeah, uh, USFL player, and then he moved to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Right. So yes, yeah. So a lot of a lot of big names in there, but then that league failed. So hopefully the AAF. And I think a lot of things, it might make the NFL better, you know, showing like, look, you know, this is the things we need to do. This is the proactive measures you need to take to promote player safety so so these men can have a nice retirement and not be all broken down and, you know, and suffer from the CTE. And, you know, it's just yeah. – just a, Maybe just it'll a, there's be a good minor a, league yeah. system, like for our that minor too. league well, that from too. college. It could be to the NFL. It, exactly. Right to the NFL if they're not ready, you know. For and those, now they can get actual playing experience instead of you know sitting on the sideline for five yeah. years and then finally you get called up and then you can't perform. So uh, that's for a, those of you who are sitting at home keeping score about this being a minor league football. The San Diego Fleet are what they're called, and their ooh. quarterback when this league unveiled was Josh Johnson, who is now the quarterback of the Redskins. Wow. So, yeah, we're already seeing the minor league kind of aspect of it come out there. I mean, Trent Richardson is right now the biggest name that I, I saw. We, we need this in football. You look at the NBA; they have the you know the D League. You know, you look oh at any God. a team just major leagues have minors. Can you believe that he has an uh, he has a football job? Unbelievable. Is he in the Alliance Football League? He, they signed him yesterday, and I almost fainted. I'm like, oh my God! <laughs> Someone want Jamarcus Russell to be on their team and wear their logo? I can't believe it. Oh, I, I can't believe it. That either. must have been a heck of a job interview. He must have had. Oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> I know I can throw it far. Just make sure he uh, reviews it, the the uh, game plan. Yeah, they hand the tape. So oh what did you gosh. learn from that? Oh yeah, I got it down. There was I nothing on the tape. I love that story. Again, <laughs> unbelievable robbery, just straight robbery. You know that's you know getting back to the Patriots. That's why they've been so successful. It's not that obviously Tom Brady's great, but he just didn't get that overnight. He worked at it over in the offseason. That's what these great players do. They're constantly improving their game. They're constantly improving what they can't do good. What they already do good, they do great. But the things that they're not good at, they work on. Yeah. It's just yeah, a beautiful when they thing. When become a power power eye offense, running the football forty times a game, like that just happened in the middle of the season, I think. And then wherever Maybe. and wherever your man Eric Weddle goes, oh my God, the defenses are always like a top five defense. I mean, that's amazing yeah. too in itself. I mean, this guy. I mean, whatever he wants to do, whether I don't know what his future uh, unveils. If he wants to stay, if he wants to coach, he wants to be a coordinator. He, he he'll be great at anything he does. Yeah, I I, I can't imagine him not not playing. It's, I'm so selfish. I wanted yeah. to. I, I'm going to miss him playing. 12 years has gone so fast, and I wish I could have seen him, you know, been more, been at more games. But he had a great career, and yeah. he does play one yeah. more year. I, I'm hoping he just goes to, like, the highest-powered offense there is because I'm so tired of watching him play, and, and then his offense goes on the field and throws the game away. It's extremely frustrating. I can't imagine it is. how he feels. but. He hasn't had a good offense his whole career, and it's like so sickening. Phil pick six rivers all week, all the time, his whole career. <laughs> they saw how Lamar performed this playoffs. It's like yeah, so sick, and they played so well, and and it's just I I would love to see them go up to Foxborough and and because I mean they just run the football. I mean, I, and and it's so hard to run the football against the Ravens. I don't know. I don't know what would happen to be honest with you. It would have been tough for Baltimore to put up some points, but it would have been a defensive struggle, and and. 
that would have been a good, uh, cool game to watch. But uh, hot take, well, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Hot take. He ends up with the Rams. Lamarcus Joiner's out. Okay, Ooh. he's a free agent. He is. I mean, it's a hometown and hometown. He Phillips and he's got a good I, offense. I, I so. Sean McVay. I Make mean, it happen, Matt. Make yeah. it happen. All right, I'm yeah. speaking it into existence. Lavar Ball. <laughs> No, hey, but that would be awesome. You Brian, only you could convince Eric Weddle. I feel like you said that. Man, he comes to the Rams. It's, it's oh, man, it's it's game on. He'll finally get his ring. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. Uh, that's, that's, who, that's who the Rams would need, I tell you. That would just take him to the next level. Well, can, let's get a meet. What's going on? Let's set this up. How do we do that? Yeah. I, I, well, I don't know. We'll, we'll put the ball in your court. We just kind of planted the seed. Does anyone know Stan Kroenke? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no? trust me. Stan would love to have him. Are you kidding? Are I know, you kidding? I know. I had that opportunity when I was talking to Brian Baldinger at the uh, Rams camp, and he was just talking about the organization, just paying so much respect. He goes, this is a very well-run organization, the Rams. Mm-hmm. He goes, they got a great thing going. So, hey, the future looks bright <laughs> for the Rams. I their, know. Their I, defense is going to get blown up yeah. this year, right? Well, I, it's like not going to get blown. Mm-hmm. Up, but definitely there's going to be interchangeable parts. I mean, they still have their core intact. It's just a matter yeah. of uh, you know getting the right pieces in. And they have they have Aaron Donald. You know, it's it's all right. So they you got have Aaron Donald, Donald. and they got a young linebacking crew. They got a lot of experience. So you know they yeah. got some studs. So, you know, Key to Leaves yeah. going to be back. You know, so it's 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 all looking winnable, up and up. Yeah. Winnable, winnable division. That's all that matters. You win your division. And now I know I don't have much time too. left with you, Brian. But Matt, finish your thought. I was just gonna say, what about the Niners, man? Don't be, don't be sleeping on the Niners. Yeah, don't oh, sleep on that. Jimmy G. Jimmy yeah. G. We'll see. Well, I just wanted to get your thoughts about Hard Knocks potentially being with the Raiders. Uh, Why not? It's, it's our last year. Tell me you wouldn't me? Oh, watch that. Please, no, I don't want to hear about this circus that's that's <laughs> happening right now. I don't even know where we're playing. I think we're playing in. San Francisco next They don't year. even it's know where they're playing yet. They have no idea. They might be playing at a JUCO school. They tried to play at AT&T. That's what I'm saying. Like, how are we going to have a hard knock? Like, I don't want people inside laughing at, at my team. Like, they're already laughing. You know what? Know look at, it, like, look oh, at the positive. We're the not lines? laughing lines. at you. We're no, looking, no, no. We're looking at the beautiful picture that is just this beautiful work of art in the making that John Gruden is oh, trying you're, to create. You're funny, look, Matt. You're funny. <laughs> no, look at the positive. John Gruden... <laughs> Knows how to run the media. He he just he has no problem talking with the media. But look, it's their last year in Oakland, or they're probably not going to be playing in Oakland. Who knows where they're going to be yeah. playing? But hopefully they'll play somewhere up in NorCal. That's what I heard. Something they're almost yeah. like you know, the, they're, well, the team right? doesn't quit on. They played hard all year. I mean, the first few games. I mean, obviously the Rams game got out of hand, but they competed and we had the lead in four of the first five games going into the fourth quarter. I mean, they just couldn't finish. I mean, and that's just. That's just how it is. It's a, it's a possession league, and once once we lost those, what, we were one in five or whatever. It's just you know time to blow it up and get the young guys some work. And obviously, you're the, obviously this is a more than a two year plan. So it's it all what it is. yeah. It's all about when they get to Vegas to have a have a winning product on the field. Yeah, can't wait. But switch it over to NBA because I know you're a Laker fan. Matt's a Warriors fan. There's nothing to worry about the Warriors. They're just that. That's the team to beat. I don't yeah. see anybody in the West that can take them. Best of seven, maybe the Thunder. I mean, we can sit here and you know spitball like these teams. But I wanted your thoughts on some of the trades that did go down. The Lakers picked up some three point shooters of Reggie Bullock, who's a forty percent three point shooter. I was really upset well, to lose Zubak. They they brought. 
Bullock in for one reason, one reason only. To be able to defense, guard exactly. defense. He's and forty percent from the three. Mike Muscala is also a forty percent from the three. He stretch, he stretches the floor. And of course, Mo Wagner is now going to get some playing time, and he's actually shooting forty one percent from the three point line. I don't think he's going to get that much playing time. I mean, you still they want to. Run, he's a rookie. They he's want, still, yeah, they want to run Javale McGee out there more. Oh, absolutely, uh, definitely. Javale McGee and Tyson Chandler. That's your last line of defense, just like our boys Elston Jones and John the Galloway here at UC Irvine. You know, just a good analogy. All those <laughs> guys out. are great. Brian, that's a beautiful brand of basketball UC Irvine plays, by the yeah, way. But you've been telling me all about them all year. And you're hyping them up in the preseason. And what are they, 21 and what 21 and 5. Them, right? Yeah, 21 and 5. They're pretty that. good. Yeah, they're very good. But uh, getting back, what were your thoughts anyway? I just want to hear your thoughts because I know you and I, we are Laker fans. I, I just... <laughs> I just feel like the Pelicans were just trying to embarrass us on oh, the national. Yeah, they was had my no question. intention on trading them, and it's just how we reacted within like the first five minutes. Here, the whole team, all right, the whole team plus all of our draft picks, sorry, our whole team plus all of our draft picks and someone else's draft picks, and it's like, come on, and, <laughs> and, and it's funny how <laughs> it's funny how winning cures everything too, because I know you, everyone saw that screenshot of LeBron ten feet away from his teammates, and then two nights later we go into Boston to beat them, and then everyone's best friends again. And, that was pretty funny too. I'll yeah. take it. Big win. That was a big win, and then they lose to the Sixers by twenty plus points. It's yeah, like, oh, you know that's Jesus a good that's tough. a good basketball team. That is I'm a good not basketball too team. too upset about that. That's I, a really good basketball team with the uh, with the Clippers guy Tobias Harris. Oh my gosh! I'm just kind of floored with Magic that he literally came out and tried to get this done before the deadline. I can understand uh, why because you're competing against the Celtics, and I know why. But I'm just saying they shot themselves in the foot. So hard. Even before Anthony Davis said he wanted a trade, they shot themselves in the foot because LeBron comes out and says, I would love to play with Anthony Davis. And you want to know yeah. what the funny thing is? Is literally this is the quote that got a $50,000 tampering fine from the co owner of the Milwaukee Bucks. The co owner of the <laughs> Milwaukee Bucks goes, We hope it would be a player like Anthony Davis would want to sign with Milwaukee. $50,000. LeBron James wow. says, I would want to trade for Anthony Davis and doesn't get fined. I know. And then Anthony Davis gets fined. And then Anthony Davis gets fined. It's like, so, what is going the on? The power of LeBron. The power of LeBron, man. It's yeah. real. It it's is real. real. It is real. That's, I can't believe but that. But I agree with Tom you know, earlier. Uh, we were talking about this off air that the one people that he blames is management. They, they should have kept this under wrap. They shouldn't have really fall for. You know, they were. They, New Orleans had no intentions trading Anthony Davis. He's under contract like, next year. I yeah. mean, like, why would they? Wh- yeah, like, no, why not sit on I it? I agree with the Pelicans. There's no need to rush. You want to get the best oh, offer man. available. You they know, Anthony so Davis wants this. out. Oh, you know that for a fact. So you want to get the best that you can get for Anthony Davis. And, and they're all these wait. other trades came out of nowhere. Like they kept those under wraps. Like all the Seventy Sixers and all the other trades you didn't hear anything about before. And, Gosh, it's just the way we handled that was really, really poor, to say the least. I mean, it, it just don't see Magic as this really. I think he needs to let Rob Palinka do more of the general managing, and he needs to yeah. kind of like he like because right now there's something for sure wrong. I don't think the. I mean, with everything that has gone down at this trade deadline. With everything that has gone down in the construction of this team, like they needed to go out and try to find shooters. 
Like yeah. Lance Stevenson, they, they got was, him. Lance Stevenson was a good pickup. Michael Beasley was not. Rondo, yeah. I mean, like that would be. I thought he would be great off the bench, but now he's put into a role where he has to be the guy with the ball in his hand. Lonzo Ball's a dud. Lonzo Ball, I mean, like he's just on the wrong team. He plays yeah, exactly this how. Yeah, not a good fit for him, right? Where he plays exactly how LeBron plays, right? Like he yeah. plays the drive and kick basketball. It's it's yeah. and. He needs the ball in his hand. They they have so many people that need the ball in their hand. They, their whole reasoning to get LeBron is like, look, we're going to bring in someone where your usage rate doesn't have to be as high. You can take breaks on the floor. And they brought in the Rondo as a and all these guys that need the ball in their hand. It's yeah. just, just kind of like the whole construction of the team baffled me when they were doing it. You're right. It's uh, it's it's not a great chemistry, but hopefully this gets straightened out at the. Got to be patient at the uh, end of the yeah, season this wasn't during a free one agency. Year go no, go to the not, finals team. Yeah, yeah, they just, I just yeah. bought a bunch of a uh, short contract, and this is not going to be half of these guys aren't even going to be here next year. I know for real, half of them won't be here. But it'll be interesting to see. But it's going to be an interesting trade, like, free agency-wise. And just like how the NFL is like, how is the NBA's free agency just dwarfing everything that goes on court? Like, any sort of on-court performance, anything. It's all about the drama. That's what sells. It is. NBA free agency is until next summer, and it has overshadowed <laughs> NFL free agency that is literally right here. Like, yeah. It's crazy the how Knicks, much. I always hear the mail. Like, the Knicks are so bad, and they're always oh. being talked about. Oh, I got to check this out. So on the flip side, let the tanking begin. I got a little notes here. <laughs> Knicks are 10-46. and 46. They've lost 17 straight. Phoenix, they're 11-47. and 47. They lost 14 straight. Cleveland wow. is 12-45. and 45. They're 3-7 and seven their last 10. Heck, they're hot right now because they yeah. just beat the Suns and they beat the Knicks. You got to keep the tank so, race. So these three teams, one of these teams are going to get lucky and they're going to get Zion Williamson. <laughs> one of them. Or if not, they'll get R.J. Barrett, who's yeah. equally as good. Let the tank, and that's the other side of the NBA. I just don't like this whole tanking. But I, I get it. You know, when you're not that good, you're not that good. Got to fill the seats next <laughs> yeah. year. John Gruden like, would be well, a great oh, NBA man. general manager. Yes, he would. He, he understands Chucky. the tank. Chucky. So well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, tank, the tank is literally uh, it, it's an art. I mean, the Warriors were so bad for so long. It was about time they started hitting on some NBA picks and look what happened it just takes one draft yeah it just takes one draft you get a couple good picks and and that's literally what the clippers on the flip side i know we were talking about the lakers but we have another la team sure made some really great moves for the future yes they picked up three first round draft picks in this trade deadline three and one of them is a miami heat pick for next season who's that Great Clippers. No, no. What the, the player? The Miami Heat player? No, they don't get a pick. They they get the Heat's pick. Oh, they get the Heat's pick. first round pick. So you're saying they got three first round picks? Yes. Oh my goodness. And if the Clippers don't make the playoffs this year, they keep the Boston Celtics pick that they got. And check mm. this out. They actually have enough. They probably have much more assets to trade to get Anthony Davis so he could still arrive in LA and it's the same thing well it's a little different but how Chris Paul ended up with the Clippers it's like well, F you Lakers we're gonna trade you to the Clippers unbelievable <laughs> I think it's a different commissioner <laughs> different yeah. commissioner like yeah. that was the commissioner yeah. doesn't own a basketball yeah. team oh my god yeah the NBA. But, but you're right Matt and also I, and I think I think Zubach he's gonna have a great great 
career. With the Clippers especially. I, I was yeah. heartbroken that he's gone because he, I think he's still kind of like that, that hybrid where he plays a little old school center, but yet he can shoot the outside shot, but he can really defend the rim. He can run the floor. Ugh. He doesn't fit Montrez Harrell's a beast. He plays like a seven-footer, and he's like, what, 6'8"? Kind of reminds me of Charles Barkley. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> that, the Clippers are going to be really shy. Much more athletic. Shy Gilgis Alexander with a 6'11 wingspan as a point guard. 6'11. They, just a, picture a guy that's 6'11. That's how long his arms are. Okay, that guy is going to get by that guy? I, yeah. I, I don't know. You literally stick yeah. it. That's why they tell you get your arms out on defense, and no one will get yeah. by him. So yeah, I think the Clippers are setting themselves up right now. If you were, if it were a race, the Lakers clearly have a lot of assets that they've been kind of uh, incubating for a long time now. They've been incubating Brandon Ingram, but his biggest issue is that he is too skinny. He can't play in the NBA because he's too skinny. And they've been incubating like Kyle Kuzma. They've been they're a little bit further, but I think the assets that the Clippers have are scary. Like when you look at it, they're trying to be not the little brother of the Lakers, right? So they're trying to get their own arena and all this good stuff. So it's it's like, what what are you gonna end up doing? Like who's gonna be the perennial type of team yeah. that you're gonna put it'll out still there? Still be the Lakers, but like it's still it's interesting to say and interesting to see. But it'll still be the Lakers. The Lakers they need to win like, a championship. The Clippers do. I don't see them doing that anytime soon. Mm. Yeah. They, I'm yeah. just saying that's what they need to do. I, I mean, but like, I think I think they're 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 taking the appropriate steps. But it's just so hard. As long as this Warriors team's intact, this is this is a tough out. <laughs> yes, I just 100%. yeah. Well, I will I will allude, uh, allude to this fact: Who built the Lakers dynasties? Jerry West, and guess where he's yeah. at? Who? Wait, yeah. Let me continue with it. Who built the Warriors dynasties? Jerry West. Jerry West. Yes. And he's with the Clippers. And he's with the Clippers now. So And he stole Zubach right. from Magic Johnson. He picked his pocket is what he did. He picked Magic Johnson's <laughs> pocket. I mean. <laughs> well, Brian, I know you, you got to run there. You got to take care of the young Charles right. Ward there because yeah, I'm sure he's probably thanks for, thanks done for feeding. Me again. It's always fun. Listen, it's, it's always a pleasure to have you on. We always appreciate your insight. And say hello to Eric Weddle and just tell him, hey, look, the Rams – He's always welcome to come out here. We we have he, no. He might, he might be listening, so just tell him, pitch him real quick. I, I'm just saying, you know, there's plenty of teams that you could you could retire and become a great NFL coach, or you could be a great businessman. You could do whatever you want. You could be a great family man. But I don't you know want, what his options. But are. if you want one more season in the show and a chance there to win is. a championship, the Rams kind of need someone of your intelligence, your expertise. Wade Phillips and Wade Phillips. Genius. <laughs> Man, that it's, was it's, really good, guys. It's, it's, it's laid out. Let's see what happens. <laughs> well, we're well, praying, hopefully. Hometown well, <laughs> and a good offense, please. Yes, <laughs> we'll yes. Into Eric needs points. <laughs> well, Brian, thank you once again for joining us here on Sports Matters. And until then, I'll, heck, I'll see you at work soon. <laughs> yeah, probably see you in a couple days. All right. Sure thing. Bye, All right. Have a good one. Good to see you guys. Thank you. Well, that was Brian Ward, uh, one of my good friends there. And. We're so happy to have him on here, live here at uh, Sports Matters here, KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.